This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good to see you tonight. Glad you came out here on a Wednesday. We welcome you for watching live stream. And if you're a guest, we're glad you're here. If you're a regular, glad you're here. Just get your hand up real high if you need a Bible in your hand. I, I really encourage you to get the Bible in your hand. Need a, need a Bible again, just raise your hand up real high and the ushers would get a Bible to you. And if you don't have a Bible, the one they give you, just keep it, okay? That's how important the Word of God is to get into your heart. All right, once you get a Bible, go with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to receive our tithes and offerings. You know, just off of the, the songs we sang tonight, the time of worship, he said, let it rain, let it rain. I believe God will reign. He'll reign miracles on us. He'll reign healing on us. He'll reign his joy and his peace on us. Man, we, we need some natural rain. Everybody agree with that? This, this place needs some natural rain too. And so the Bible says there in, in Matthew 18, where, where two or more of you are in my name and then where two or more of you get in the prayer of agreement, it'll happen. Well, I don't know what we got in here. We got more than two. And so what would just happen tonight if we all just get in agreement, even before we receive the tithes and offerings, let's just pray for rain spiritually and physically right now, okay? Come on, let's bow our head. Father God, we come to you as, as children of yours, and Father God, we welcome the rain of the Spirit. We welcome what you've already done tonight. We thank you for the rain of the Holy Spirit upon us. Rain, rain on us, Lord. But Father God, we ask you also to rain on this, this area called West Texas, Father God, that we... We're not beggars, Lord. We're believers. And Father God, we ask you in the name of Jesus to bless our land, Father God, with an abundance of rain right now and through this entire year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, guess what we get to do? We get to sit back and watch God bring rain. Amen. Well, I told you to go to Proverbs 3. I begin here in verse 9 in this. This is a very familiar passage on giving. But Proverbs 3 verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions. Now this is what he tells us. He says, it's an honor to honor the Lord with your possessions. And with the first fruits of all your increase. Now when he talks about the first fruits, he's talking about your best. Sometimes when you get into the Old Testament, it will call it the fat. Man, I mean the fat. It's all through Leviticus. The fat was the best one. I mean, that was the portion that was, well, it's a good one. Well, the Lord said, with the first fruits of all your possessions. He didn't say the last fruits. He didn't say the leftover fruits. He said those first ones. Now to get out and, and obey those verses right there, I'm, I'm telling you, it's a stretch of faith. But God doesn't tell us to do that, to, to think that he needs our, he doesn't need it. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the gold, he owns everything. So why does God ask us to do that? Well, look at verse 10. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So you know what God said? I want to bless you. I want to bless you. Now, we love verse 10, but verse 10 doesn't happen unless you obey verse 9. So I read this story, 
And, and this took place roughly around 2010 with a pastor that many of you probably know, a pastor named Robert Morris. At this time, he's writing his first, his first book called The Blessed Life. And so while he's writing the book, the Lord speaks to his heart and says, I want you to give me the first fruits of that book. And he said, I said to the Lord, I'll give them to you. And he said, I, I want them to all go to the church that you're at. Every bit of it. He said, okay, Lord. What he didn't realize is when that book got on the market, it became a bestseller. And he didn't know that that book in the first release of it would make seven figures. Not six figure, seven figure. But you know what he said? He said, Lord, it's yours. Every bit of it's yours. And he sowed every bit of that with a step of faith. And then right after that, even in the area of being an author and a book writer, I don't know how many books he's got out now. But because I believe he obeyed God in that first one right there, something happened. And so it's easy at times to look at people and, man, you may criticize what they have, but you don't know what they've given to get it. You don't know their faithfulness. And so if we really understand the, the, the giving that God asks us to do, we're all in the same blessing line. We're, we're all in Jesus' cafeteria line. He wants to bless every one of us. But I got to obey what he tells me to do even in the area of my finances. So it's one thing to ask Jesus to be your financier, to be your banker. It's another thing to obey what he says so it puts me in position for him to be my financier, my banker. You gotta obey the word. Come on, let's pray. Father God, we love you tonight. We honor you tonight. Woo, Lord, I thank you. You're the God of plenty. And you're the God of overflow. And, and our giving is not to get, our giving is to give. That you called us, you said you're blessed to be a blessing. And so Lord, we just welcome this, we receive this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you know what? We, we appreciate your giving, your faithfulness and your giving. I, I appreciate every one of you who serve. I know so many of you serve weekly and everything. And you know what? I'm not going to beg you to do this, but I'm going to ask you. We, we really need servants in our children's ministry. I'm telling you, we need, we need servants. I'm not, I'm not talking about just warm bodies. I'm talking about people that will say, man, I, I will serve in there with a passion. And I'm, I'm telling you, we are in a time in our society that we got children that need to hear people that will love them and hug them and just, just be there because it's that critical. So I'm, I'm challenging. You know what I'm doing? I'm double dog and daring you. <laughs> now, as a kid, man, on the block, I, if someone double dog dare you, you know what? It's on. It's on like donkey gone. It's on. I mean, you know, so again, I double dog dare you. All right. Go with me tonight. We start back here in Matthew 26. We have been just the second week on the life of the apostle Peter. And we're going to dig in here with Peter a little, again, a little more. Now, remember, we started last week where Peter's walk with the Lord took place. And he was just a fisherman. 
And Jesus said, come on, buddy, come on with me. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You're still going to be a fisher, but you're going to fish for men. And so we know Peter gave his heart to Jesus. But I'm telling you, Peter was a work in progress, just like us. And I said last week, many of us in here, we, we need to have James 1.19 tattooed on our heart. That I become swift to hear and slow to speak. Because oftentimes we have this problem, we speak before we think. In other words, that's like shooting yourself in the foot. And, and so just like Peter, we need to be fine-tuned. We, we need spiritual maturity in our lives. Now one thing I saw with Peter, he kept hanging out with Jesus. He just kept hanging out with Jesus day by day by day by day. And I'm just telling you, if you'll keep hanging out with Jesus, man, your life's gonna start changing. And what I mean by hanging out with Jesus, you, you, you get, get in his presence, you get in the word. Man, I mean, you just study his life. And so many of us right now, our problem is we don't wanna hang around Jesus all the time. And I can just tell you, I don't care who you are. You show me who you're hanging out with and I'll tell you your future. You know why? You run with the snakes, you're gonna get bit. Hang out with Jesus. So we pick back up here. Now, some of this again to me, it's almost comical, but we're heading some here because you're gonna see what a great man of God Peter was. So we begin Matthew 26, verse 31. Then Jesus said to them, to the disciples, he said, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. Now, a, a word in here we gotta get off of this verse is Jesus said, all of you will fall away. You'll desert me. You'll stumble, me, stumble because of me this night. So he's talking to his disciples. Now remember Jesus' words. All of you. And then he goes on to say, for it is written, I will strike or I will kill the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered, which is a prophecy that Zechariah made. This is Zechariah 13, verse seven. And so Zechariah, way, way, way back, he prophesied. And this was referencing to Jesus that he would be killed, okay? Verse 32. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. So Jesus reassures his disciples and he says, listen guys, I'm going to see you again. After three days and I rise from the dead, I'm going to show back up and I'm going to be in the region of the Sea of Galilee. You're going to see me again. He prophesies. He tells them this is what's going to happen. Now remember this. When Jesus tells you what's going to happen, it's going to happen. You can go to the bank on it. Verse 33. And Peter answered, oh my gosh, it's a replay of last week. And Peter answered, but again, I don't know that Jesus asked him a question, but Peter went ahead and answered. And he said to Jesus, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. 
Peter answered and said, I don't care if the rest of them are gonna be made to stumble. He said, not me, not me. He vowed and he said, I'm, I'm stumble proof. But we go back and we think, but Jesus said, all of you will be made to stumble. But Peter said, nope, not me. Verse 34, and then Jesus said to him, surely I say to you, Peter, that this night before the rooster crows, you, Peter, will deny me three times. Uh-oh. So Jesus right here, he zeroes in onto Peter. I believe the whole time he's saying this, he's looking right in Peter's eyes, and it's like he says, as a matter of fact, Peter, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Now Jesus is saying, he's telling Peter this. He's giving Peter the play by play. This is what's gonna happen, Pete. Verse 35. But Peter said to Jesus, even if I have to die with you, I will never, I will not deny you. Peter responds to Jesus and he says, Jesus, it can't happen. It's not gonna happen. This the things that you just said. Hmm. And so he said all the other disciples. So when I read this, it's almost like Peter is telling Jesus, Jesus, I'm a lot farther along spiritually than you give me credit. And sometimes we have that thought, I, I'm so spiritual. But when I come across that as spiritual or religious, Proverbs 16, 18 kicks in, which says, pride goes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before a fall. And I can say this just like with Peter, aren't you glad the Lord is very patient with us? I thank God he's so patient with us. So now I'll go to the book of John. John chapter 13. And we're gonna keep navigating. And I don't know how far I'm gonna get on this, but I'm gonna tell you that these next few weeks, you, you don't wanna miss it because we're gonna, we're gonna move into the direction where you see Peter become a champion. And the reason I'm telling this story right here is because we're all a work in progress. I mean, God's got plans. We just gotta stay with him. Keep hanging around Jesus. John 13, verse one. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having love in his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now, we know this is toward the end of Jesus' life here on earth. And supper being ended, the devil having already put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things to his hand, and that he had come from God and he was going to God. So Jesus knew his assignment is almost over. He knows I'm, I'm getting ready to go back into heaven. 
And, and you can see that it's uh, Acts 1-9 where he ascends back to heaven. And so Jesus is telling him, this is what's gonna go down. Now, verse four. So Jesus rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and he girdles himself. Now, this is called a, a servant's towel is what this was highlighted as. So he gets this towel, verse five, and after that, he poured water into a basin, and Jesus began to wash the disciples' feet. It's moving right there. Because a lot of times we have the thought, shouldn't it just be the opposite? Shouldn't they be washing Jesus' feet? But Jesus begins to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which he had girded. And so he, he emptied himself upon them, basically. And he, he himself, Jesus, he assumed the role of a servant. And you see the humility that was on, on Jesus because he was teaching them the mindset of a servant. That I don't expect everybody to, to serve me, but I came to serve. That's Matthew 20 that Jesus said. We're, we're called to be servants. So Jesus right here, he, he models to the disciples. He models to us. I, I've got to get a mindset of a servant. So he's washing their feet. Verse six, then he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Literally, when you read this in a lot of translations, you'll find out that Peter objected. And Peter says, basically, not me, not me. You're not gonna do it, Jesus, not me. And Jesus answered and said to him, what am I doing? You do not understand now, but you will know after this. And so if I wonder this, and this is just the thought here of that, I wonder if the Lord Jesus was almost telling Peter, you need to be quiet here, okay? Just be quiet and learn. Do you know it's hard to learn when you're always talking? Pastor, you need to go talk to my children. <laughs> Verse eight. And Peter said to Jesus, you will never wash my feet. Wow. You'll never wash my feet. Now Peter's talking to Jesus. And I don't know about you, but if Jesus strolled in here right now and said, get your shoes and your socks off, what would you do? And I'd be, uh-uh, nope, not me. Not me, not gonna happen. And Jesus answered to him and said, if I do not wash your feet, you have no part with me. You have no fellowship with me. Verse nine, and then Simon Peter said back to Jesus, he said, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Peter said, well, in this case, not just my feet, just give me a shower. Just wash every part of me. Now watch Jesus' response here in verse 10. 
And Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet. Meaning, if you're already born again, you don't have to get born again again. But he goes on to say, but is completely clean and you are clean, but not all of you. And so literally what he's saying, you're saved, but the next thing you do, you need to address the dirty areas of your life. You're born again, but address the dirty areas of your life. And so he's telling Peter, you've got to maintain fellowship with me and you've got to regularly confess your sins and repent. So Jesus is teaching us again. That's part of my daily fellowship with him. I should keep hanging out with him. But when I blow it, anybody in here blow it today? Then I repent. I keep my heart right. Luke 22. We go to another one. Luke chapter 22. And I'll begin in verse 31. See, what you begin to see here is Peter's mouth got ahead of his feet. And so that statement there, what I mean by that is you can talk the talk, but you don't walk the walk. And I believe this is what Jesus is doing. And he's saying, there's going to come a time in your life, Peter, where your walk, your walk with me is going to catch up with your talk. Matthew, I mean, Luke 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Now, most believe that when he called him Simon, Simon, instead of Peter, Jesus was implying here that He's going to act in courting with his old nature, with his human weaknesses. And so Jesus says, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you. Uh oh, Satan has asked for you. He wants to wreak havoc on you. That he may sift you as sweet. Now what's interesting in this. Is Satan had to ask for permission. 1 Peter 5.8 says. Your adversary, your opponent, the devil. Walks about like a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. So he asked Jesus for permission. Can I sift Peter? And so when I see this. I ask this why. But the Passion Translation brings it to light and the next verse will really give us insight. The Passion says that he wants to test your faith. He wants to test what you're really made of. He wants to see what's really on the inside of you. So we go to verse 32. But I have prayed for you. Now that ought to bring you comfort right there. Jesus is praying for us. And he said, I've prayed for you. Now listen that your faith would not fail. So what he's doing here is he prayed, but he didn't pray that Peter wouldn't fail. He prayed that Peter's faith wouldn't fail. 
that your faith would be strengthened and not shattered. Verse 33. Now let me end in verse 32. I didn't read all that. But I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Now, when you see that right there, what he's talking about, when you return to me, he didn't say if you return to me. He said when you return to me. So you know what Jesus did? Jesus just foretold. You're going to blow it, Pete. You're going to blow it. But when you return to me, strengthen your brethren. And so he's telling him, when you return, you're going to feel, fulfill your assignment. You're going to fulfill your life mission. And what was that? It was to be a humble, effective believer that would strengthen other Christians. In other words, you're going to strengthen people the same way you got strengthened. Now he's speaking to Peter's future here. This is where things really begin to change. It's like Jesus is saying, I'm not giving up on you. Verse 33. But Peter said to Jesus, oh no, Pete, knock it off, dude. But Peter said to Jesus, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. You know what he said to Jesus? I, I got this, Jesus. I got this. And then in verse 34, then Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you'll deny me three times that you know me. So again, why, why did the devil ask for Peter? Because the devil knew Peter's future. And he was going to try to do everything he could to get Peter off track. And he does that with me and you. He'll try to do everything he can to get us off track. Do you know the proverb said a righteous man will fall seven times? But he gets back up. So you know the key for me? It's not if we fall. We just got to keep getting back up. Just keep getting back up. And I believe this is kind of what's going wrong with Pete. Come on, Pete, get back up. Get back up. The devil doesn't want you to move in this area because he knows your future. And when he knows your future, he gets really nervous. Wow. Let's take one more. Go with me to the book of Mark, chapter 16. See, Jesus always asks, offers the road to recovery for every one of us. He graces, he mercies us, he loves us. Mark chapter 16. This is the last chapter of Mark. And where we're at on this is the Lord Jesus had been crucified and now he's risen from the grave. This is the, this is the scene where we're at. Mark 16, let's, let's begin in verse five. And entering the tomb, they, which was three women, Mary, Mary, and Salome. Not Salam or Salami, it's Salome, I believe. 
And they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting in the right side and they were alarmed. So this young man was an angel. You know, about four years ago, right out four years ago, I, I got the privilege to go to Israel. I went to the tomb, the same tomb right here. And to, to go into it, you had to bend down and go in under, and we went in, and I can tell you this right now, Jesus wasn't in there. His bones weren't in there. Verse seven, verse six. But Jesus said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen, he's not here. See the place where they laid him. The angel emphasizes the resurrection of Jesus. But watch here in verse seven. But go tell his disciples and Peter. <laughs> go tell his disciples and Peter. He didn't mention any of the other disciples' name. He just mentions Peter's name. And I believe the reason he does this is he's like saying, Pete, I haven't given up on you. I haven't disqualified you. He singled Peter out to reassure Peter, I still believe in you, Pete. I still believe in you. And then he said, he's going before you into Galilee. There will you, see, you will see him as he has said to you. And so Peter is a work in progress. Now, I'm gonna stop right here because when we come back and we pick back up with this, you're gonna see one of the greatest transformations in the Bible, maybe beside you. But all of a sudden, you're gonna to begin to see things that will answer some questions for you, for your walk. And Peter goes from Peter the pathetic to Peter the powerful. It's almost astonishing to me what begins to take place with him. And it's the same with every one of us. I gotta I got give my heart to Jesus just like Peter did. And then I gotta follow him. What, whatever you do is your occupant, you follow him. You're, you're to be a witness. And then for the rest of your life, just keep hanging around Jesus. Just get around Jesus every, every day. And I wanna end with this thought because I saw a statistic yesterday that it rocked my world. In the year of 2019, they did a poll on how many Christians, not how many people, but how many Christians in America read or quote their Bible every day. Whether that's you're reading scripture or you're quoting the word, and it said there was 14% of Christians. The very next year, 2020, that same number went to 9%. Now, if we're not getting the word of God in us, and if we're not getting the instructions, the blueprint of the word of God, where are we getting our info from?
Oh, pastor, I mean TikTok. Woo, yeah. TikTok verse 33. Yeah. I, I, I read out of Facebook. Well, here's the truth. The only book you need to face is, is this one. Face the book, okay? Face the book. And see, we, we wonder why we're starving spiritually. Matthew 4, 4, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So think about this in the natural. What would happen to you if you didn't eat in a day? Man, some of you'd be so cranky and mean. Ah! We get it physically. We, we've got to eat to, to get the proteins, to, to get the energy, to the vitamins, the minerals we all need. But we don't look at that in the spirit realm, the spiritual stuff. That I, I've got to feed my spirit, man, that, that word of God on a daily basis. And when I do, guess what happens? The very nutrients and the very proteins that you need, to, it comes alive within you. And so I'm gonna end with this thought. Many of you heard me say this before. There was an evangelist years ago named Smith Wigglesworth and he would say this, you feed your, your natural man or your physical man three hot meals a day and you feed your spirit man one cold snack a week and you wonder why you're starving to death or you're, you're malnourished spiritually. That hurt, pastor. Get in the word and God will get in you. And you think about this with Peter. I said he was around Jesus every day. He was in the word every day. He heard Jesus every day. Pastor, are you saying we need to hear Jesus every day? It's a novel thought, isn't it? Why don't you stand up here with me? I, I tell you, this, this stuff is so good. I, I pray that it, it births hope in you. And so bow your head right there where you're at. If you feel comfortable, raise your hands here to heaven. Just to say, Father God, touch my heart tonight. So Father God, here as, as your children, as sons and daughters of the Most High. And Father God, just in the best terminology I can say, we're, we're a bunch of screw-ups just like Peter was. We're no different in those areas, Father God. And we thank you tonight for being patient. Tell him, thank you for being patient with me. Thank you for being patient with me. Thank you for being long-suffering. And Father God, we thank you right now that you don't give up on us. The Lord Jesus, I pray the touch of heaven in here of encouragement to everybody in here, Father God. And maybe you're here tonight and you've denied the Lord. Maybe you're here tonight and you've fallen. The Lord said, get back up. It's a day to get back up. Get back up on the inside. Get back up. And Father God, we pray a stirring in here right now that we heed the word of God and Holy Spirit, go, go within us right now. Birth with this, every one of us, a fresh love, a fresh faith. And Father God, we ask you again right now, change us from the inside out where we're a thousand times bigger on the inside than on the outside. And we give you glory for that in Jesus' name. Come on, let's clap. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.